Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber's back here at the New York Stock Exchange. The bounce in sentiment continues after Friday's positive session. Futures are green. The market looking for more signals that maybe the Delta variant is peaking out in the south and that risk is to the dovish side in, in this weekend at Jackson Hole. Our roadmap begins with the Delta derail. The Fed's annual Jackson Hole Symposium is going virtual as the FDA prepares to give Pfizer's vaccine full approval. And a judge ruling that the so-called gig worker law approved by California voters is unconstitutional. Uber, Lyft and DoorDash are all down in the pre-market. And Robinhood's moving higher. Several firms initiate coverage today. We will get to all of them. First up, though, Jackson Hole, of course, as you know by now, is going virtual. One more uh, casualty of the resurgence in COVID and the Delta variant. Although a lot of notes out this morning, Jim, suggesting that uh, Powell is not going to say anything market moving. I, I don't know how he can. We've got this major public health issue. Uh, every time we think that we've got COVID under control, COVID surprises us. So if you go back and you look at April, May, June, you saw that the CDC was saying, listen, maybe you don't need to test. In June, they said, done testing. You got, you got your vaccine, you're done. Then in July, we discover, no, you need more testing. Uh, we're going back to school. Uh, Dr. Gottlieb says, well, we're okay. Uh, maybe it's peak, but we still have the school time. I mean, why can't we just wait or pal wait like six more weeks to see what happens with school? Because right now, the idea that it's really a monetary issue or a financial issue or anything other than you know, fiscal issue other than doctor issue, David, is really, I think, ill-advised. Yeah. Although if you want some positives, you don't need to look too far. Scott Gottlieb on our earlier. I know Carl also has been retweeting some things in terms of cases peaking in the south in key right. areas and the right. RT actually below one in many of these states. That's a good thing. And that's even with kids coming back to school in Florida. Right. But I do think we have we haven't been hit up here. Uh, I think that the third vaccine matters. I do think that as we get eight months, eight months, eight months, people are going to have to do something. So I just think if you're if you're Jay Powell, why not just say too early? Let's see if we've really beaten COVID or got COVID under control. Now, Dave and I were talking uh, about why don't we talk more about is the flu more dangerous now? If now you've been we, vaccinated against COVID, right. is the flu more dangerous for you than COVID is if you were to get it having right. been vaccinated? And we, I think... I haven't uh, seen the data. I don't know. Well, I think lo- long COVID does matter. I think we're all... Yes. We're, we're all, I think, concerned with long COVID. But in general, it, there isn't anything with J&J or uh, Pfizer or Moderna that makes me feel that, uh, that you can't stay out of the hospital. But the comorbidities, we don't know. We don't know if you have young kids at home, but the point yeah. is there may be a psychological barrier as well, because it may well be that it is less uh, dangerous than getting the flu. Then why are we doing and such yet, hybrid? Why is such I a hybrid I never asked you guys if you've gotten your flu vaccine or <laughs> during flu season or why aren't you wearing a mask That's during very flu true. season? That's very true. But boy, I will next time. I no longer think that. I think we're now in Japan. I want to wear a mask yeah. when, during flu season so I don't get flu. Remember, the cold and flu season here almost didn't exist. Because of mass. Uh, down 90 plus percent. Right. Incredible numbers last season. Um, of course, uh, talking about uh, vaccines in general, uh, we are thinking that the FDA will issue approval for the Pfizer vaccine. New York Times said that was coming today uh, back on Friday. Uh, Jim, the, the thinking is that it would possibly bring holdouts 
off of the sidelines and then give legal support to vaccine mandates, the likes of which we're seeing out of Chevron today. Yeah, I definitely think that it's the latter. Again, I, I hate to just completely parrot Dr. Gottlieb, but he does seem to know a great deal. But there, the idea that you can mandate uh, is just stark after this. There's no excuse of a company or a college. I mean, when you want to be a college, you got to get you, you got to get vaccinated for meningitis. OK, now, I don't know if I want the vaccine for meningitis, but I got to get it. Well, how can I not if I lump meningitis and also, by the way, COVID? Well, who's going to fight that? I mean, they, every college has the ability to mandate uh, meningitis. So I don't understand, Carl, why we just don't add it to the cocktail. It would seem it will be. It will I be. It will. And that's going to be fabulous. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm obviously pro-vaxxer. Yeah, of course. 51% of the country is pro-vax, and then the other people, it's not really clear. I think the numbers are higher than 51. Well, I was looking I at the are. number of people. who. Yeah, that, right. that may be true, but right. I think the, at least in some polling. That said, guys, I mean, uh, Jackson Hole goes virtual. Uh, many companies pushing back their return to work. Right. Until next year, which makes it almost a full two years for something. I mean, not quite, well, if they do come back in January. Well, at that point, David, And the changes in behavior have, have been oh, are God, cemented. Incredible. It is incredible. And, you know, this conversation that we've been having about return to work, which we started to have a few months ago when it looked like everybody was coming back in a couple of weeks. Um, now it's much unclear, but... Hybrid, there's no doubt that that's going to be here to stay. So many people are going to be resistant to changing a routine that is going to be embedded in their life in a way, given it's been 20 plus months. uh, Pat Gelsinger, great piece in the journal today about this exact point, how long it's been. He says, "If, if you have a little blip, people go back to the old way. Well, this ain't a blip. There is no going back to a full in office environment. I have a way to be able to measure this. It's not been talked about at all. Estee Lauder. Okay, Estee Lauder is two businesses. They've got makeup and they have skincare. For the longest time, makeup, because it's a selfie generation, had been the predominant way they made money. It's now skincare. Why skincare? Masking. And it's only accelerating. I think that masking, staying home, it's the new norm. Uh, by the way, I mean, it, it, we're, it's hybrid, Carl. We're, we're not, I'm not suggesting we are a proxy for anything, but we've been coming in here five days a week. Since, what, June? Uh, Yeah, since the beginning of June. Right. The three of us, yeah. Is that an argument that this is doable or that something about television is special and you kind of have to be there because doing the show from home was difficult? I take my mask off when I'm up here. Otherwise, I have it 100% of the time. Well, meanwhile, let's not forget that many of our colleagues are working from home. But doing you a, wear a mask. doing a really good job. You're hiding this. Do you wear a mask? See you Do you wear a mask? Do you wear a mask when you're on Jeopardy? Uh, I did there, yes, except when I was on set. Yes, they were. But that I take that in late April, early May, and oh, well, the, okay. the the protocols were extraordinarily tough. Well, uh, the I, unions and Sony. Very but you tough. wear a mask now when you're on the subway. Of course, of but, course. But that also is That's mandated. mandated. Uh, there, there are quite a few people who don't. In fact, I think I'll upgrade that mask because this is what an incredible. Are you going to I'll go to an N95. N95 means that you're protected, but not others. Okay. You okay with that? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> looking yeah. out for numero uno. But meanwhile, we're in the office. We're not going anywhere. We're coming into the office. Maybe we're going to be outliers forever now coming in five days a week. I, I came know. in every day. But you can go to, I mean, you know, our, our large organization, many people working from home. NBC, our even large organization, 30 Rock is still empty. If you're a Comcast person who goes and fixes cable, you're, you're not working from home. No. It's, there's an idea for you, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> Thimk, there you know, like organized. People, but, but office workers, you just have to wonder at this point. Well, I mean, we've had this conversation so many times about commercial real estate, about all the businesses that rely on people coming to a city center. I don't know. Gottlieb talked about this point and whether or not vaccine mandates would help bring workers back uh, at least closer to full time. Here's what he said. With respect to businesses, I have talked to a lot of businesses that have said that they they don't feel comfortable mandating the vaccine until it gains full approval, that they feel they'll be on stronger legal ground to mandate the vaccine. So I would expect a lot of businesses now to fall in line in terms of mandates. We'll see what that does to general transmission rates. Well, I also think that I think people there's a considerable number of people who don't want to go back to work simply because it does seem scary. And then there are people who are uh, with the benefits don't want to go. I tell you, I have Lyft on tonight. Well timed, I might add. Mm-hmm. And Lyft really threw out its uh, excellent conference call. Just said the number of people who come back to work uh, after the employment benefits are done indicates to me that there, uh, there's a two two step process. The people who feel that they are less concerned that things are going to be okay, they feel things are better uh, because of vaccination, and then the people with the unemployment. Now, I think that this is going to play into Jay Powell's hands. I think that the idea that we're going to continue to see uh, salaries go up, David, is ridiculous. We can't. Not with all these people coming back to work. Not with all these people returning to the workforce. Returning to the workforce. Right. And plus, I mean, remember, uh, Gina Raimondo, it's... The, the, con- the commerce sector. Yes. She is saying that if you send students back, you know, if you send kids back to school, the, the women in the workforce will come back and that they've really been absent. So I think that J-PAL, by just delaying a little bit, is going to make fools of those who are treating him as if he's a pinata. Hmm. Uh, Jim Grant today it was the ultimate pinata. I mean, I felt like getting in there to see if I could get some, like, you know, bubble gum, whatever. I don't know what happens when well, a I mean, pinata broke you know, the the bal- I think the, the smartest balance sheet hit a new record, didn't it? Very recently, what eight point? I don't know what the number is. Carl, eight point four trillion, something like that. Jesus, he's back. I mean, think about that. (laughs) Think about that number. Think about what that number has meant, and whether and has it exacerbated the 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 divide between rich and poor? Has it made the rich even richer? All well, this enormous liquidity well, that's, that's available for everything. Uh, but you want, why don't you go into um, what uh, she is talking about when he talks about the common prosperity? Again, maybe yes, multiple times common prosperity. David, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Okay, so you, I, I mentioned that here, and then you went immediately to China and Xi. Well, they're they're worried about trying to change this idea of the rich and poor. Yes. So I'm wondering whether you think there that is, that's well. The concern is they're going to start cracking down. You're saying on the well, wealthy cracking in down China. And that's why you're seeing some of these luxury uh, businesses, oh, like Richemont or some of the other I names. I wouldn't want to be in that They business. have been getting hit. By the way, many of the China stocks have also been suffering just as a, uh, this new data uh, law in China. Well, they just pulled I mean, 40, the government 43 IPOs. I mean, the government know more or less everything because it's a surveillance society there for the most yes. part. But the companies are going to be prevented, perhaps, from knowing quite as much. Well, look, I, I just um, think... And I, Alibaba shares are going to be down right. again, I believe, I, in the early going here. We can see how they perform. Well, I, I didn't mean open. to sidetrack. It's not fair. I know you're not a communist. No, <laughs> Senator, I'm not. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know that there are 57 known communists in the State Department? How did they pick that number, the Manchurian candidate? Because they looked at the Heinz Wasn't there also a godfather, too? After all, we're not communists. But look, to get back to get back on track, I do think that uh, that labor could 
the escalation in prices to get labor, there there will be a lot more people coming back into the workforce. According to, I'm not talking about I'm talking about Lyft and, and I think Lyft and Uber are good are are very good. Uh, temperature takers. Well, uh, to that point, Morgan Stanley today names at least Uber its top non-fang pick for 2022. Uh, 80% upside to the $72 target. Wow. Yeah. Well, look, uh, there are great moments. Well, obviously, the California decision could hurt them, but that's, I think, going to appeal to be different. Yeah. But, uh, I do think that when you read through that conference call, there are multiple ways that they make money. I, I think it's pretty smart group of guys running that company and you know they can be a they can be a force not just to move people but to move things and we don't talk right. about that enough jim real quick to come what, back to china for a second because it's worth mentioning now is the chinese approval for the analog devices maxim yes. integrated deal we'll, we'll look at the stocks uh, when they open but you may start to see some spreads tighten a bit of course remember regulatory approvals coming out of china has been certainly a key consideration right. for many who play these takeover uh, names and that deal got approval. It's done. Uh, Look, that, that on the and, conference I mean, call last remember, week. Remember, this was the first post post pandemic deal. They negotiated right. it virtually. It was announced a long time ago. But, but the, on the conference call, uh, I felt that one of the reasons why analog devices first went down was a worry that this deal would never. They've been never, waiting. Uh, They've muster. been waiting. But, but what does that mean for Xilinx? Holy cow! Well, that's the question, right? Does it? Does it? Is that a positive AMD. for AMD and Xilinx, which have been waiting as well? One more victory for uh, um, Dr. Sue, I think. What if anything does it mean for? I mean, not this is a different cat, but for uh, for ARM and Nvidia, oh, that's geez, probably a different. Now on different the ARM take. comp on the, the on this Nvidia conference call. There's a moment where Colette Kress, who is a genius, okay, she is the CFO, says, yes, indeed, it is taking longer than we thought. Irony. Notice the, well, the NVIDIA conference call was so brilliant because they have that wormhole comment that, the wormhole comment, which is how you can get into the virtual reality. And David, you know what the word for that is? Metaverse. Oh, jeez. Yes, stay in the form of question. That's oh, right. What is it's the metaverse? <laughs> wow. An Can't believe I got that one right. <laughs> when we come back, a lot of calls to get to around the street today. Several firms, as we said, initiating Robinhood. We'll break that down. Uh, got uh, that call on Uber and a lot of reiterations of outperforms, including Amazon, Microsoft, Peloton, Tesla, Exxon. Futures are green on this Monday. Don't go anywhere. Robinhood is up in the pre-market. Several firms initiate coverage today after almost a month after its public debut. It's kind of a mixed bag of uh, ratings, beginning with lead underwriters of the company's IPO. J.P. Morgan is underweight. Price target 35. Uh, Goldman neutral target 56. In uh, J.P. Morgan's words, we see a number of risks, including regulation, pricing, market saturation, uh, that we think limit their ability to reach competitive margins and profitability. This was a devastating initiation. Devastating because it's talking about everything from uh, way too much op- optimism in the market. And basically, that the market's been great ever since this guy started. But then there's just like this endless Gensler mention, the SEC, basically saying, look, these guys are going to regulation. SEC chair Gensler could target Robin of practice. David, do you want to own a company that could be targeted any minute? Or do you want to own a company like Key says that's revolutionary and getting more people involved? I know it's. In, uh, listen, I mean, when you, when you look at valuation again, I'll go back to J.P. Morgan here. Uh, they're saying what 14 times 2022 revenues. So you're paying 14 times next year's revenues, a premium to other innovative but profitable financial tech growth peers, uh, is what they say. 
um, and they they uh, value it on a per account basis at 744 with over 40 million accounts. They expect in 2024. Anyhow, that's how they get to their price target of 35 bucks right. a share, which obviously is well below where we are right now. Well, uh, you know, look, I'm kind of in the middle, which I guess puts me with the, uh, a bit like the Goldman piece, which just says there's a lot of things that could go right. Uh, impressive user acquisition engine and financial services is actually pretty good. If they can, uh, it, frankly, if they can continue to invent ways to get people, that's what they have to do. Uh, I feel like to some way the J.P. Morgan piece looks at it very static. Just says they're all they're going to do is continue to have people trade. Uh, they do c- come back to that one thing that bothers me, which is that half of the activity is options, and that that's great if you have if every dip is good. Uh, but I got to tell you, Carl, if your business is based on option trading, historically that's been a not great way. Right. Although we talked last week about the shift from uh, directionally from options and memes to crypto, right. and we do have Bitcoin 50k today. Highest since May. Well, um, we had Pomp one earlier, Anthony Pompliano. Again, he yep. reiterated his 100,000. And every time we go up, uh, we put him on. And he tells a very compelling story. And it's obvious that when you read the Robin Hood conference core, when you talk about PayPal going crypto in UK, that this is all based on demand, Visa based on demand. And not only that, but the non-fungible tokens are back. The NFTs are well, back? Because they work in the... Metaverse. <laughs> I work in the metaverse. Yeah. Yes, Jensen Wong talked about the. I'm, I'm, I know. They by work in by the, the metaverse. way, back to work. We'll never go back to work when the metaverse well, said, creates our remember, workplace. He said that the, econ- the metaverse economy is twice the size of the regular economy. Is it really? What's well, you know, smarter than we are? Does everything cost twice as much in the metaverse? <laughs> no, they have two dollar stores in the metaverse. You're fine. Clothes are cheaper, that's for sure. Uh, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell as futures look uh, green to start the week. Don't go anywhere. All right, let's get to a mad dash as we get ready to start trading for the week uh, about seven and a half minutes from now. What do you got? David, we have disruptors everywhere, right? Many industries have been disrupted. Did you know that the grill industry is being disrupted? It's being disrupted by a company called Traeger. No, not Green Egg. Traeger has, uh, according to Morgan Stanley, disrupted the grill market with a, with a growing consumables business uh, and maybe Traegerhood of brands. Now, we are starting to get, remember, we had Weber. I'm a Weber person. Traeger just went public here. Just went public. Uh, you can see when, right. very now, recently. We had a Traeger on set last week. Uh, yes, wood nope. pellets to the right, but David, it's a plug-in. It's electric. It's electric. You know, kind of like that dance. Yes, yes. And the financial model, uh, this Credit Suisse piece makes me feel like everyone at $33, you got to go buy it. Morgan Stanley's a little more muted, uh, but they still think it goes to 25 But I mean, it goes to 28 But, David, the main thing is, is that Weber's going to be uh, out there next week. So it's going to be Weber versus Traeger. you got to make a decision. All right. Well, right. you bring it up. So <laughs> if one has to make a decision, you've... You interviewed the Weber CEO? Yes, I did. Uh, when they went public here right. as well? I think Weber's a more consistent player. It's been around forever. I think the Traeger is for uh, Robin Hood. The Robin Hood people. Muy macho. Traeger y Weber. What, uh, I don't know why. English. <laughs> I, I work on English. What? Huh? Who's got it? Hola. Who's, who's, who's more macho? Who's more, <laughs> oh, who's more macho? It's Weber, yeah. man. Weber. But do not put gasoline on the coals, David. I once saw someone do this. Right. You get that? Yeah, I did. Why? You got to clean your grill, too. 
Make sure all right, but this Traeger's, you put it in, you have the wood pellets, you have to keep buying the wood pellets. Look like Weber, I got a Weber. You got to clean that thing. I always right. wondered, like, why is it on fire again? And then one day I was like, oh, yeah, that's Well, there why. you go. It's not a disruptor, Weber. No. No, not at all. doesn't disrupt Jack. Got it. All right. All right. Traeger's share is going to look up. We got an opening bell coming up. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this. Don't. Rem- and by the way, don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Listen to and follow us on the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. We're back in a second. Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash all under pressure in the pre-market. On Friday, a judge in California ruled the state's gig worker law is unconstitutional. California voters had approved a ballot measure last November allowing those companies to treat workers as independent contractors rather than employees. Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash plan to appeal the ruling. Uh, today, B of A guys says um, that the street's likely to see that appeal being successful, but it could take close to a year if it goes to the state Supreme Court. Yeah, I mean... The research is universally saying that this ruling is not going to hold up. Obviously, I have Lyft tonight. I want to talk more about it. But uh, it is important because everybody costs a lot more. I mean, David, the value proposition, it's not clear if they all have to start paying benefits. But no, although under the law, under Prop 22, they were paying. Obviously, if you worked a certain amount of hours, I think it's 15, you were eligible for certain benefits. So there was an additional cost being born. And we've talked many times about the fact that the price of your Uber or your Lyft is not what it was no. a year ago. Wow. It's gone uh, up a good but amount. But Lyft says that they've got many more drivers coming and they're actually making a point that Lyft and Uber are not the same. Uh, really to the point where they were saying, listen, our benefits are greater. So people are, are becoming Lyft drivers and not uh, Uber drivers. I don't know, Carl. I, I don't look. I'm an Uber guy. I mean, I, that's probably at this point. I'm, I think that that's probably wrong, judging by what Lyft said on the conference call. Uh, uh, they don't have the optionality of um, of eats no, right as don't. much. And the eats business is great. Uh, the Drizzly business was a brilliant acquisition. The sending liquor, David. Uh, liquor was something that that was the missing ingredient. Of, of having dining at home. Yes. And now it's not missing. Yeah. Not missing. Not, yeah, well, David, this is a big deal. Let's get to the opening bell. CNBC Real-Time Exchange. At the big board, it is Kensington Capital Acquisition Corp. Uh, five celebrating its listing at the NASDAQ. It's Bike New York, a nonprofit that promotes cycling. Nonprofits remind me very much of SPACs. There was a piece last week out by Mike, Michael Semblis. It was one of the these had fantastic strategists at, at J.P. Morgan. It was devastating. It was devastating because it basically says that if you uh, bought and hold us back, well, David, let's just say his SPAC scene, hesitancy piece, shows you post-merger, buy and hold investor gross returns minus 15%. Uh, this is the median as of August 17. Post-merger, buy and hold investor returns versus IPO index minus 68%. How do you like that, David? Pipe uh, investor returns versus IPO index minus 62% median. It has been a tough run for, uh, for SPAC since, of course, earlier this year when it's all we talked about, when the issuance was through the roof. But by the way, they continue to come public. They continue to be looking for deals, and we continue to see them. There you can, by the way, take a look, though. That gives you a sense. That's, we have our, remember, we have our, th- our three different indexes. So there's the CNBC post SPAC. That, that should be at 100 or that's where the number should be if it was flat. So it's down. What do you think um, about this Axios piece? After they announce a deal, then you've got, guys, I, I always, even though I help create these, I forget exactly. We've got SPACs that right. have not announced deals. Right. right. 
We've got post SPAC, and then we've got, all right, and there's, right, that's SPAC deal. Um, looking at my producer, Carrie, I'm not remembering which is which. But this gives you the point. There they all are. You Excellent. know what? There's the SPAC 50. Those are the ones that have gone, that have announced their deal and closed their deal, right? Okay. Well, there's a very good piece by Axios out today, which is talking about, by the numbers, in July, the majority of SPAC deals sold redemption rates north of 50%. I mean, about a quarter of them had redemption rates of 80%. So, David, getting yeah. an 8 bucks, you say, listen, I want the 10 You know right? what? Listen, I mean, we got a new one today, though, and it's a big one. We're going to have uh, Richard Branson join us. Um, really? Virgin Orbit. Remember, this is, this is not putting tourists into space. This is actually putting satellites into space. Uh, we're going to have Dan Hard, who's the CEO, and Mr., uh, I should say, Sir Richard, uh, join us uh, as the founder. Uh, $3.2 billion deal with NextGen 2. Um, and by the way, how's it doing? All right, it's below 10 also, but it's yeah. up. Uh, you see it. Um, they're going to raise $483 million. That includes a $100 million pipe. By the way, that pipe number is well down from the likes of which we have seen, had seen previously during the height of SPAC mania, right. uh, when you'd get three, four, $500 million pipes potentially, although it does include Boeing and A&E Industrials. So interesting, strategic investors there that actually are in the, in the industry uh, in Boeing. Um, and they are hoping to close it by the end of the year. Now, by the way, NextGen One, we had them on. They did that last mile trucking company. It's now, uh, take a look though. What was the symbol there? It was, it was uh, Atos, wasn't it? One. To the point we're making here, guys, that was about seven bucks or so. Um, How much? I think we have it there. Next gen there, well, that, yeah, XOS. How about a longer video? XOS, yeah. Excellent. See, eight, eight bucks. It went, actually went up. But that's closed. Um, I thought that closed. I thought that deal actually closed on So if it's Friday. closed, they can't get to 10 is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, it's well below 10. And this has been one of the key questions throughout. And by the way, there are certain provisions in this new deal, Next Gen 2, uh, this deal with Virgin Orbit, um, in terms of the SPAC shares, the lockups, uh, and a lot of other things. But remember, there was this, you weren't, there was not a similarity in terms of risk-taking for those who bought stock at 10 versus the founder shares, who right. would make money to as low as two or three when you did a sensitivity analysis on a lot of these early deals. Well, Hence the SEC been taking a closer look, Gensler well, I mean, been taking a closer look, and they've had significant changes in the way that they actually go about um, uh, structuring. But isn't this piece, uh, this vaccine hesitancy piece by Michael Semblis, the, the, the exhibit that you need to close the case that, that, that a sucker's born every minute if you do this? Well, well Semblis has a history of uh, opining out of consensus, uh, right? Which makes me yes. his favorite. I mean, I'm, have you seen his bluefish recipe? No, but I do. Oh, my. I do remember his scenarios for watching the government implode back in October. Well, yes, I think he's got some actual stats here that he don't does. lie. Stats are just one of those Mark Twain kind of stats. You think? No, I think. Listen, we've been saying this from the from the outs. You've been yes. That, that you've, you've been got critical. to be aware of it. Um, that there is always going to, listen, SPACs are here to stay. There is always, there is going to be a, a use for them, a use case for them, I think, but it's not clear and there have been changes, but it's still not clear to me. Well, maybe it's because of the sponsor uh, returns. The investor and the founder uh, incentives are perfectly Did aligned. you see that the sponsor returns are up 500%, so I think what you want to be is a sponsor. Without a doubt. Believe so me. let's go sponsor. Well, it's too late. We, we, we missed the window. We missed the window. Um, I mean, but to that point, 15% of sponsors, founder shares, and private placement warrants will be subject to an earnout 
uh, in this Virgin deal with 50% of such shares and warrants vesting at 1250 and 50% vesting at 15. Uh, they also have lockups, 25%, 180 days, 25%, 18 months, 50% for 24 months. So, okay. you know, at least it's got to perform for half of their shares over a two-year period for them to really be able to sell out a, a significant premium. Huh. That said, you still only have to keep it above a much lower price, well below 10 for them to make money. Off the bat, they're 80 million bucks, right? That's what I think it was. Well, they're all. Next Gen 2 founder shares, 8.1 million shares, so 2.2% they, of the overall. Well, they often have such ex- I mean, Remember, all the, the, the charging companies were so great. The battery companies, the one that David introduced to us, QuantumScape. There's now, Jack Deeps. I mean, you Every time. One interview with yep, Mr. Yep. Singh, I remember, and I'm the I one remember. who introduced it to you us. You are the poster child for... Um, He's had him on 17 I, I, times. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, the stock is at 19. It's down It's down a lot from uh, the $100 price. Yeah, but it's still up a lot from 128. Well, Jim, right. we've made this point that the, the, the pain in many spaces has been clouded or covered by the strength in mega cap tech. See Barron's over the weekend? Absolutely. Best business models on the planet, and the reg risk is likely to go away? I think that's true. I mean, look, the, the, look, the number two one is Microsoft, and they've been able to get away with everything including jamming teams down my throat when I turn my PC on. That's not necessarily that good for Mark Benioff and and Slack, David. Suddenly team surfaces. I can't disable teams. Can't get rid of teams. Cortana, I can't disable. I mean, these things are, you know, in the event of nuclear war, they're still there. (laughs) Cockroaches and Cortana. Now we have breaking news. Can you believe it? Uh, we, we do have, have news. Oh, we, yeah. we do have uh, federal regulators now have in fact granted full approval to the Pfizer BioNTech coronavirus no one, vaccine. No yes. one thought otherwise. Pfizer still up a dollar. Uh, the first licensing of a vaccine uh, for the coronavirus officially, which is uh, almost a year and a half old. Well, you know they only have to give it to four billion people before it's okayed. Not bad. Uh, it really is kind of a farce. But remember, they were saying it was not going to happen until after Labor Day. And I think that the president may have said perhaps it should be sped up. Yes. Um, unclear. When do we get Moderna as well? Getting full approval. Several, we know? A few more weeks. I think that's what Gottlieb was suggesting as well earlier this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moderna shares are up almost 4%. We talked a lot about that stock, of course, because of its incredible best performer move at a 160 plus billion dollar market value. Let's go back to the mega, the mega cap story. I mean, you know, you see these mega caps, and whether it be Apple with its service revenue, and I was doing some work today because I've got uh, I have Nikesh Aurora on tonight from Palo Alto Net. He teamed up with uh, with Google. It, you know, for, like people just these press releases come out. No one cares about PA and W. Look at this release. Remember Google. Uh, it is the best analytics company. Google Analytics is the best. Mm-hmm. So he, he teams up with them. Nobody cares. But Google, you've got these companies that have so many great things going that no one even cares that Google Analytics is so great. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, they're great. You know, Amazon, they're great. No one's even able to touch these companies. Right. There's just well, nothing that comes near them. Alphabet shares are up 59% this year. It's pushing towards a $2 trillion market value to join Microsoft and Apple at that level. Um, I think it must be beleaguering if you're, you know, Facebook last week uh, did some cartoons that were really kind of stupid. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg had them. Cartoons from Metaverse, whereas uh, I'm stuck on Metaverse because, believe me, this is coming down. Well, you know what? You should, you should be, and we've got to learn a lot more about it because he seems very focused on it. Yeah, and, well, you know, he and says, we're all going to be living there eventually. Well, he apparently. says it's the most important. So, 
uh, thing that he's ever worked on at Facebook. But he had these cartoons that looked like, you know, you know, like Hangman or something. But if you look at what Jensen is, Jensen's talking about identical to you. You know, you create yourself in the metaverse and it looks right. just like you. Okay. And then whoever you create looks, it's not stick figures and drawings. It's do not, you age it's in not the, the Simpsons. Or do, you, am I, do I create myself as I am now and even 20 years from now I look the same or do I age in the metaverse? Jeez, I don't know. I don't know. I think your avatar is your choice, right? Wow. My, my avatar, my choice. I didn't even not move as quickly. Or can I actually create my 25-year-old self? I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Will I feel 25 again in the metaverse? Enough with your stupid questions. I have no idea. I'm not in the metaverse. I'm in this verse. I'm in the- at, least, at least for now. Um, where, guys, we, we, use, uh, we still rely on fossil fuels. You see energy today, Jim, up uh, 3%. They dropped, they bounced right off the $60 level. Yep. I mean, I think we're in this situation where 60 is where people kind of cut back. And then 70 is where people put more. This is OPEC plus Uh, a lot of the U.S. companies. The recount keeps going up, uh, which is surprising. But I think that we see uh, it's almost as if when oil goes up, the market goes up. Now, that 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 is a false construct. But it is a big deal that 60 it it held 60. There are a lot of people who thought it was going to go to 50. The puts build up. It didn't. Right. Even uh, airlines, Americans up 3%, Norwegian up 3 after the CDC on Friday. Jim said, even if you're vaccinated, if you're at risk, avoid cruises. Uh, I think that you got to go Norwegian because Norwegian it was able to get that ruling, that federal court ruling, which just says, hey, you know what? We are going to make it so you have to be vaccinated and we're not going to have kids. So if you want to go, David, I suggest the Norwegian Haven, which is okay. the uh, first class. Okay. And you take the Norwegian Haven to Alaska. Okay. And you get to look at the calving. Mm, of, oh, right. You get to look at climate change up close. Well, do you know what calving is? Yes. It's when the, when the, 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 the glacier. You know, that's a, this is why he should glacier. have been Jeopardy host. The glacier. There isn't anything that stops him. I mean, I don't plus know. I think that I, you've never really said any I, bad things about people. That's true. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that my po- history any podcast is, is pretty you- clean. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty clean. That said, right. I think you would probably be a better Jeopardy contestant than I would. No, I don't know. I just, um, I just feel but, like. Uh, but I, I might be a better host than you. I would, I, you know, I think that's. I think that may, it would I may be, have proven that. I would like to see you host once. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. I don't know. He starts out, hi. I mean, you, remember, you do that hand, hi. You know. You remember how you started and you were like yeah. so authoritative and he gets up. Let's get right to it. Uh, I don't know. No one can. No one can beat you. Oh, you're the, you're the best I've ever seen. <laughs> Since Art Fleming. No one even knows who Art Fleming is. Forget that other guy. the first guy. that other guy? Art Fleming. And then you. And then Alex. OK, there you go. No. Uh, oh, man. Stuff. Yeah. If anybody had wondered whether he's. Hyperbole. You, you well, you start. Right you say, "I am um, from the world of finance." Remember that? What uh, was you said? What was music it? on us? What was what? it? What you said? I'm from yes, the world of finance. What yes. was your quote? Um, say it. What did you say? I, um, I, from uh, I think I was talking about we live in a world of facts in the world that we yes. deal with, and that's why I love Jeopardy. He knows how to. Yes, yeah. that's why I love. Yeah. Wow, you're pretty yeah. good at you. By the way, you want a fact? Uh, Alibaba is down 2.3 percent. Well, David, you know what that? Why that is? Let's. We're going to talk more about that. Common guys. prosperity. 
Um, uh, that, that's, get that, used to that we got to take a look at the Chinese stocks. We'll do that after yeah. the break, Carl. Uh, let's do the bonds as well. I'll take a look at treasuries as we uh, keep our eye on yields. We have existing homes at the top of the hour. Overall, uh, it does appear to be a reopening play today. you got Caesars, Wynn, American, uh, Royal Caribbean, higher. Losers tend to be the General Mills and Cloroxes right. of the world. We're back in a moment. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelli here live at CME HQ with breaking news. Our August preliminary read on market, M-A-R-K-I-T, manufacturing PMI, service PMI, and composites. 62.0 is what we're looking for on the manufacturing. A little bit light at 61.2. And last month at 63.4 still represents the post-COVID high. Now, services, much weaker than expected. 55.2, that is the lowest level since September of last year. And just several months ago, we reached the high watermark at 70.4. It certainly seems, though, the variant has taken a bit out of the service side. And that leaves the August preliminary composite at 55.4. And that is the weakest since December of last year. Squawk on the Street will return after these messages. As we mentioned, the FDA granting full approval to Pfizer-BioNTech's COVID shot. Let's get to Meg Terrell now with the latest. Meg, I guess we're going to have to get used to the term or the name Comernity. We sure are. We'll see if we start using the brand name, Carl. But uh, that is the name of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine now getting full FDA approval. Of course, the first COVID-19 vaccine to do so. Uh, and this is for people ages 16 and up. It will continue to be available under emergency use authorization for people ages 12 to 15. And we're still waiting on clinical trial results for kids under 12. And so uh, that is something that we're going to be looking forward to seeing in the next uh, couple months. So this really is for uh, adults and people in their late teens. And uh, the FDA's acting commissioner, Dr. Janet Woodcock, pointing out that while millions of people have already safely received COVID vaccines, we recognize that for some, the FDA approval of a vaccine may now instill additional confidence to get vaccinated. She says today's milestone puts us one step closer to altering the course of this pandemic in the U.S. The expectation is that this could trigger a lot of employers and universities and other entities to feel comfortable mandating a vaccine that is fully FDA approved and not one that is just available on emergency use authorization, even though many have already taken that step and it's even been through the legal system and has been held up in the courts that you can mandate an EUA cleared vaccine. So we'll have to see, guys, whether this will lead to an increasing sort of domino effect of uh, mandates and also if it'll tip some folks over who were on the fence, not feeling comfortable yet, but who will start to feel comfortable now, guys. Um, hey, Meg, it's David. Just to, you know, talk about Pfizer for a moment a bit more here. I mean, they they recently said, I think, what, they're going to sell $33.5 billion worth of vaccines in 2021. Do we think uh, that this raises their sales forecast even beyond that? It's entirely possible. I mean, they have more capacity um, to, to sell, so it could go higher. Um, you know, part of the issue has been getting access to countries um, that haven't been able to get vaccines yet. And so, um, well, that's not really going to change the, the equation there. But, you know, whether this becomes more of a repetitive revenue stream and the full FDA approval certainly plays into that. And also, 
we could see changes in the way Pfizer you know, markets this. Now that it's a fully approved product, will we see direct-to-consumer advertising of the COVID vaccine? I've asked Pfizer that question to see what their plans are, and we'll let you know what we hear. Uh, but this could kind of change that sort of communication we hear from the company, too. Jim, I see you have a note about Pfizer Trillium. Yeah, I, I have felt, and Meg, I'm sure you feel the same, that there's been this big, there's a patent clip of Pfizer. A lot of people have been very concerned that maybe this is not the time to buy, buy the stock. Well, wait a second. Trillium Therapeutics, $6 stock. They're paying eighteen fifty for it. I think this is the beginning. It's a terrific oncological platform, and they know it very well. This is the beginning of Pfizer putting money to work in order to make it so that they have no patent clip. They certainly have endless firepower. So watch for many different, now they had investment in this company, but watch for many acquisitions by Pfizer that will make it so that you are not worried about the longer term. And that one of the reasons why Pfizer is getting a higher multiple, not just because of an approval that a lot of people expected. Meanwhile, you know, a year ago, you could have, or you could have said, well, uh, Pfizer, you're going to have $33.5 billion in revenues you weren't expecting in 2021. I mean, it's incredible. They have an, they can buy, well, I'm not saying they can buy anybody they want, but Let's say they wanted to buy, and they're not going to do this, but let's say they wanted to go buy Bristol-Myers. Okay. That's what kind of fire pair they have. David, this is not like the old days. Allergan. No. <laughs> uh, Megar, thanks to you. We'll, we'll check in with you a lot today uh, on this uh, important day regarding the, uh, the, the confirmation of that approval. And it's moving the market. Yeah. I mean, tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. Did, I, did I jump the gun? Was Trillium going to be your stop trading? He did. Yeah, it. but that's all it. right. I mean, I think that Trillium is – I get a lot of calls in the lightning round. It's like, yeah, it's a $6 stock. And I say, and that stock's been going down. And I say, listen, if it's an oncological franchise, buy the stock. Why? Because everyone, is, every major company believes that that is still where you can make the most money. Now, we may disagree with that, but we want them to work on other no, illnesses. And I'm, and I'm glad you did it because we didn't mention it earlier. And it is sort of a deal worth mentioning, given, of course, the premium. And oftentimes, right. as you point out, the premiums in these kinds of deals are enormous because it's sort of, if you win, the if you win, it's, it's off the charts. It's incredible. And, and if you lose, so it's all right, you know, billion yeah. here, billion there, but for <laughs> Pfizer. But um, I, do, I do think that we have to pay close attention to stocks that are oncological that have been all the way down. Yep. that are about to start trials, which was this one. Guys, in the brief time we have, just to take a look at some of the Chinese stocks, because we have mentioned it, of course, Alibaba's weakness, a bit off the lows, down 1.5%, but, of course, it's down, what, 41% for the year. You can see, though, a mixed bag. In fact, actually, all the other names, uh, Jim, are higher. It's been a lot of pain here for... And it's a broad range of investors uh, as well, we should point out, in Chinese stocks. Certainly hedge funds are well invested. Well, and some of them in privates. You know, this ByteDance, I mean, my, well, who knows what the market value of that company will be, hundreds of billions. But well, it also is a result of this crackdown on data and the fact that if you want to go public, you've right. got to share your data with a third party that the Chinese government basically controls. It's having an impact. And the big question continues to be, guys, when will this end? When well, will look, this crack down from the Chinese? You know, just for people who are out there looking at this, JD.com had a really good quarter. Okay, so the stock opens up very big. And now it is just sinking like a stone. So be aware that even if you have great earnings, uh, when it comes to consumer, Chinese government doesn't like it. And I think that this is an opportunity, not that I parrot Kathy Wood, but this is an opportunity, once again, to sell these stocks because the government doesn't want rich people. And that's, a, that's an amazing mandate. Yeah. Think about it. So, uh, Lyft tonight. 
Yeah, let's get to let's let's find out what's really going on. By the way, remember, he also has got great information on what happens when unemployment benefits go away. And Nikesh Arora, look, when we're in a situation where some people are going to go back to work and some people aren't, what a great thing to have both on-prem and in the cloud, which is what Nikesh has created. Nikesh is brilliant. He's got a lot of things going. Uh, I want to talk about that Google deal, which everyone's just kind of yawned at. You don't yawn when it comes to Google. You buy. <laughs> we'll see you at 6. Mad Money with Jim Cramer, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 